there to worship God and to sing and to see one another, to hug one another. I appreciate Clay and Yana sharing so vulnerably from their life. Um, and it's awesome to see baby Sophia even here with us today on a Sunday service. And uh, just so encouraged to see uh, how God uses difficulty to uh, test our faith. And to see, will we choose to trust him in the toughest moments? And uh, we are excited as a church to be able to take a leap of faith. We're, we're, we're continuing our series here about what it means to, to, to leap by faith, further in faith and action. We're part of a, an initiative that we're doing here as a church to, to raise funding for uh, potential building someday here in the greater Long Beach area for our church. And uh, it's a three-year uh, initiative that we're starting, and I'm very excited about it, but I want to talk today a little bit more uh, about why we're even doing this in the first place. And so um, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk a little bit here from Scripture and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. I had, I just going to be honest, I had two different sermons that I was going to preach today, and I couldn't decide which one to do. And I literally was walking up here right now about to change the whole thing <laughs> because I was so indecisive. And I don't know if you've been, I'm kind of indecisive uh, person when I have a lot of different options. Like I don't like to go to, when I go to eat somewhere, I need to go to the same place or order the same thing at the place that I, you know what I'm saying? Like a creature of habit. And so uh, when I have some options, it's kind of hard for me to decide sometimes. So um, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just, <laughs> just kind of, I'm just processing as I talk here. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to stick with what I'm going to share today, what I wanted to share with you today, and uh, pray through the Holy Spirit will, will lead us and guide us here. Amen? Father, we love you. We praise you. We pray that your, your Holy Spirit will, will move in our conversation today, in our time, in your word, uh, that you would open our hearts and open our minds to see what, what you want us to see, to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth and lived a sinless life. He did miracles. He raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. He set the standard of what it means to love. He showed what true grace looks like and feels like. He turned around and trained 12 men who were with him for three years and who were super loyal to him, but even in his last days had fear and they deserted him. And in that moment, he is falsely accused. He's left alone by his best friends. He's flogged, meaning whipped. He's beaten. He's spit on. He's nailed to a cross. He dies. He's buried. And three days later, some women go to his tomb to bring perfume to, to, to his body. And as they approach, the stone that was covering the entrance of that tomb has been removed. There is no body in the tomb. And they see a resurrected Jesus. He tells them to go find Peter and the other apostles. And we're told through the accounts of Luke and John that he spent many days with them in the flesh, restoring their faith in him. We're even told by Paul that he appeared to over 500 people at once. This is no fairy tale. This is no made-up legend or a movie or a play. This is real. This is history. 
He commissions his followers to go into all the world and to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he promises them, I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. And so this small group of followers have no clue what to do or where to start. But we see them waiting and praying. And all of a sudden, during this huge feast called Pentecost, where Jews from all over the world arrive in Jerusalem to take sacrifices to the temple. We are told in the historical account that Luke wrote, called the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit descends on these people, and they start speaking in languages, in all kinds of different languages. And people in the temple area are stunned, and even claimed that they must be drunk. And then Peter who had been with Jesus, gets up and preaches the what is known as the first sermon, calling people back to Jesus, calling people to the amazing events of the past few months, the resurrection of the Messiah. And he calls people to a decision, repent and be baptized. And in that day, 3,000 souls respond to that call. And it's the beginning of what we now know as the church, the assembly, the gathering of followers of Christ. And it was a movement, meaning a group of people with mission, on the move, outwardly focused, built and rallied around one single event. Jesus rose from the dead. As this movement got bigger and bigger, and throughout its history, as, as it spread, as it grew, it started focusing a little on, on other things, on organization and hierarchy and governments and politics, and it started focusing on other things. And the passion, the love, the acceptance, the conviction started to fizzle out. And this gathering of believers became more inwardly focused. And they started splitting up into different expressions of following Jesus based on tedious, minute little things such as music preferences or preaching styles or big groups or little groups. And they started splitting off and disunifying. You know, this happens to any organization. It starts with passion, with risk, a little bit of fear, a lot of faith, some excitement, some vision. Any other, any organization you, you can, you can study in our society starts like that. And as it grows, it could become so inundated in the details that the reason it began is quickly forgotten in order to maintain what has been built. Do you guys follow me on that? Our movement of churches, the International Churches of Christ, began very similarly. Planting churches, an, an urgency to have a church in every nation of the world, sacrificial generosity to send missionaries and spread the gospel around the world. In fact, at the, in September, I think, of this year, 
we're going to gather the whole Los Angeles International Church of Christ together to celebrate 30 years. 30 years ago, a small group of Christians left their jobs, left their families and their relationships and moved to Los Angeles to start a church. And 30 years later, there are over 6,000 Christians, meaning all over L.A. County, San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange County, Ventura County, all these different counties. And we're gathering together in September to celebrate, but it, it started with risk, with fear, with faith, with excitement, with vision, with an I don't know if this is going to work sort of mentality. You guys follow me here? But even with the best intentions and many amazing victories, our church and our churches, plural, will always and has had a tendency to turn inward and lose the outward focus we all wanted to be a part of in the beginning. You guys follow me there? All of a sudden, we start worrying about what I'm not getting out of the church. My needs are just not being met. There's, there's no one really here that, that relates to me because I'm very unique. I'm special. I'm just different. Nobody really relates to my situation. The singing is just not as worshipful as it used to be. I want more worshipful experience. No one talks to me. I can't relate to anyone. There's too many young people here. There are too many old people here. Why can't Reuben dress up a little bit more? Why does he dress up anyway? What? I just want to make sure that before I commit to serving or leading that my needs are going to get met. We already have too many people in our family group. I can't add any more. We start becoming this way. And while all this is good for discussion and evaluation as we strive to be better, there is a real tendency to shift our focus from what's best for the person outside the faith into what's best for me. And we start thinking inwardly and we neglect God's mission for his people. You know, one area where you can tell someone has shifted or a church has shifted is when you listen to what they pray about. When you go with somebody to pray and you hear their prayers, you can sense if their faith has shifted a little bit. Listen to someone's prayer and you can tell what's going on in the depth of their heart. You see, how a church, how a church prays indicates whether it has strayed. Think about your prayers. God, help me get good grades on that test. God, help me to graduate. Help me to get that job. Help my kids to get into that school. Help me get that lower rent spot. Help me get married. Help me start dating. Keep me safe. Help my kids stay safe. Help me. Be with me. Thank you for today and help me have a great day. None of these is wrong because I believe, I do believe God is takes care of and is interested in the little the little things, little details of our life. But I bet, I bet anything that he's up there sometimes wondering, that's it? Like, that's all you're going to ask? Come on. Give me something. Test me. 
Try me. Give me something big. I know you're thankful for today, and I, I know you need a better job, but come on. Give me something big. Churches, churches on God's big, big churches on God's big mission pray big prayers. Can you follow me there, church? Luke, Luke the doctor records a summary and a glimpse into one of the prayers that the church prayed in the first few months of, quote unquote, the church. Peter and John, they're walking up to the temple, the house of prayer, and as they're walking up, they see a man who is paralyzed, and uh, this man says, hey, can you help me? And Peter says, I don't have anything to give you, but what I can give you is this, stand up and walk, and basically heals the guy, full of the Holy Spirit, and people gather around, and the guy gets up, and he starts walking, and it's an incredible miracle, and everybody starts gathering around, like, what is going on here? This is amazing, and then Peter starts preaching. He's like, oh, I got a crowd. I'm going to start preaching. He starts preaching the word, preaching the gospel, and now the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the different people in authority in the, in the community come, and they're like, what is going on? You guys are preaching a blasphemous message, and they arrest them, and they bring them in to hear them. And they say, what are you guys saying that is causing a stir? And Peter, Peter launches into another sermon, calling them to remember that they put Jesus on the cross, and, and that, but that Jesus raised from the dead. And then Peter concludes the sermon with these words, he says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter lays it out. This is exclusive. This is very narrow. This to some may sound intolerant. But no other figure in history can have this said about them. That Jesus wasn't just some other great teacher. His followers believed he was the only way to be saved. The rulers and authorities couldn't believe it. But they can't do anything about it because the guy who was miraculously healed is right there in the crowd. And in verse 13 it says here, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they come back to them and they say, hey, you cannot, you are not allowed to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And Peter tells them they cannot help speaking about what they've seen and what they've heard. And after more threats, from these people in, the, in, the, in leadership there in the, in, the, in the community, it says that, that, that they let them go. And Peter and John are reunited with the other followers who are all relieved. Man, I'm so glad you guys are okay. And now we're going to get a glimpse into what they prayed about following this persecution. If you, if you or I were on the advisory committee with these guys, we would probably tell them to tone it down a little bit. To don't hey you need to you need to you need to take it easy you need to tone it down, stop going into the crowds and just healing random people, like you need to calm down you need to tone it down you need to um, you know don't travel by yourselves you might guys might need some bodyguards or something like that get an entourage or something uh, don't be so outspoken about Jesus 
um, we would probably say, let's pray for their, let's thank God for their safe return and uh, would probably encourage the church to, to be wise. Hey, be wise out there. Be safe. Uh, you know, just, just try to be a good example and win over others by your good example. Like, this is sort of where we would go. I know I would because safety is important. But listen, let's listen to what our brothers and sisters prayed about. In Acts chapter 4, verse 24, they gathered together and they prayed. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So first they acknowledge that God is in total control. They understand he is doing this and that he will take care of everything. They remind God. They, it's funny. They remind God that they know he is in absolute control. You made the heavens, God. You made everything in them. You are God, sovereign Lord. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. So they quote in their prayer, they quote from the Old Testament a prophecy about how Jesus would be persecuted and how his followers would be persecuted. And, and so it's no surprise to them. They're not thrown out of the loop about why this would be happening. They're reminding themselves of God's promises. You prophesied this, God. You told us to the prophet that this would happen. And indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, these guys are actually doing what you promised. What your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. And then they close out their prayer with, with their request, their big ask. God, now Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They ask not for safety, not for protection, not for wisdom, not for security. They ask for boldness. Wait, but isn't boldness the problem in the first place? Isn't that what got you into this mess in the first place? You guys are already pretty bold and outspoken. Are you sure you don't need more wisdom and protection and safety? Do you really need more boldness? Have you ever prayed for boldness before? Like this past week, in any of your prayers this past week, did you say, God, help me to just be bold? I, I confess that is not within my language in my prayer. Within my language and prayer is God, protect us, keep us safe, help us to discern, help us to be wise, help us. And those are, wisdom is important. We need wisdom. But when you think of somebody bold and somebody courageous and somebody taking a leap of faith, sometimes it looks pretty stupid. And on the outside, you're looking at it like, that guy is dumb. Why is she doing that? Why does she think that's a good idea? Sometimes boldness looks illogical. 
And your brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters, after their two of their leaders were arrested and were confronted and were threatened and told not to do this, the church doesn't pray for wisdom or safety or security. The church prays for boldness. You know why the message of Jesus got into the 21st century? You know why we're even here talking about Jesus? It's because our brothers and sisters in Acts 4.29 were praying for boldness. Then they take it a little bit further. Not just boldness, but God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They weren't asking for healing and signs and wonders in the church. They were asking that God, God would do something through them. Stretch out your hands. Do something miraculous through us that those in their communities and their jobs would look and say, wow, there's something about what they're saying that I need to pay attention to. See, because everyone who was miraculously healed eventually died. The miracle wasn't necessarily for that individual. It was for those outside the faith that those would be amazed by God and in that state be open to hearing the fact, the reality that Jesus rose from the dead. You know, what if we pray to this a little bit more? God, do something through me at school or at my job, or in my neighborhood, or at my kid's soccer practice, or basketball practice, or at this restaurant, or on this date, that would make my friend, or my coworker or my relative be amazed by you. God, this person is so difficult to reach, or convince, or persuade, that only through you, God, will they ever have a chance. God, do stretch out your hand. Give us the boldness and then stretch out your hand to do something miraculous through me, through my family, through my family group, through our ministry, whatever, that these people outside the faith will say, huh, there's something different about that guy. There's something different about that family. What are they doing? What are they talking about? Can you imagine what would happen in our church if every Christian prayed this sort of prayer? Let's do it this week. What if you and I, just just this week, next seven days, let's just pray this. God, help me to speak your word boldly and stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs through your holy... You know what I mean? Like, what if everyone in this group just started praying this way? Not help me with this, help me with that, give me, give me, help me, give me, give me. What about me? No. But help me enable us... To be bold. You know what would happen? I think. I think we'd start seeing more and more opportunities to speak God's word with boldness. I think that when we pray about it, we become more aware of the opportunities that God already placed for us to open our mouth. See, when we don't pray about it, we miss all sorts of opportunities to speak to people outside the faith. And we become inwardly focused. It's interesting, you know, Marina and I have been leading a family group for the past uh, 
month and a half or so, and we, we love the relationships we're starting to build in this family group. And we've created a prayer list that we're all kind of, these are things that we, we, we want to pray for for each other. And it's amazing to me, uh, including myself, how much fear is in our lives. And all of us in our family group have little kids that are going to school. And so when you hear about school shootings or you hear the, um, the, 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 the moral decay of the educational system or the, the, you know, what the kids are talking about. I mean, my son came home and, and used a, a cuss word the other day that he has no idea. And this is a preschooler. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and there's this, and, and it's not just us. I mean, in our family group, in our circle, we're all just like, what, what is happening to our world? What did we get our kids into? What is, if this is bad now, what's it going to be in 10 years? It's just morally decaying more and more and more as the years go by. And there's this element of fear within our prayers as parents. And at the end of, I remember at the end of our discussion about these prayers, I was like, guys, we have not included in this prayer list a prayer that our group could help somebody else hear the gospel. We got to pray about that. But you see how entrapped we become in our lives, in our fears, that we forget what we have in Christ anyway, that Jesus Jesus calls us to follow him. And as we follow him, he says, he over and over and over in the gospels, he says, don't be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Follow me. Why are you so afraid? Follow me. Because as we follow Jesus... We gain a faith that overshadows and overwhelms our fears. Does that make sense? And it's amazing to think about Jesus saying this over and over. Fear not. Why are you so afraid? Pray about, pray about how you, plural, can have impact in the world around you and those outside of the faith. You guys follow me here? Pray for boldness. Pray that God would do something miraculous. Not just so you could celebrate the victory within yourself, but that somebody outside the faith would say, wow, there's something curious about that group, something curious about that individual family, something interesting about that coworker. She's She has integrity. She spoke up to the boss. There's something different about him. Look what happens in the culture of the church that, that prays these prayers. After this recorded prayer, Luke records for us. He says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. 
No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. Along with boldness and this faith that overwhelms fear, along with boldness comes an outbreak like viral generosity. Boldness, courage, this led to more faith and more willingness to give up everything for the mission of Christ. Look what these guys are doing. They're selling land and they're selling homes. And I'm not, I'm assuming there's no budget line item here for the church. They're literally taking the sum of that and bringing it to the apostles' feet and saying, hey, we trust the Holy Spirit within you that you will distribute among the needs and figure this out. But we trust God enough to trust you. That's crazy. I want the line items. I want to know where this is going. I want to know what's going on. But when you're praying for boldness, when this church is praying for boldness and for courage and for faith, and they're more concerned about what's happening outside than what's going on inside the church, it leads to this outbreak of generosity and trust and faith. This is what happens when the church is focused on the mission. You know, this... Let me help explain the why behind the what we're doing as a leap of faith. This leap of faith we're taking, it's, it can feel like it's for the insiders. Like, I've been here for 25 years. I would love to have a building. Those would be, it can feel that way. But it's not for the insiders. This, this leap of faith we're doing is for us to be positioned in the years to come to have greater impact, deeper impact in our communities, to be a launching pad, a beachhead of ministry that will last for generations. This, what we're doing, this three-year commitment thing, this is our first step. This three-year commitment to raising funds for us to be in a position to have greater impact, to be a footprint within the community. This is not for us to have nice church services. This is for us to have a deeper impact in the community. To be a lighthouse, a a, a center of of ministry and and, and gospel proclamation and life change. That's what it's for. You know, the Holy Spirit may lead us into a facility. The Holy Spirit may may change the course. Who knows what, but, but we want to be positioned. impact think about every soul that's in here that's made the decision Jesus is Lord and been baptized whoever studied the Bible with you whoever met you took a risk there was boldness attached to it people that spoke things into your life that you didn't want to hear that took courage for somebody to read the scripture with you and say hey You are, this scripture says that you are in darkness, that sin separates you from God, and you need to repent. Drop mic, figure it out. I'll see you later. You know what I'm saying? Like, for somebody to speak that with love into your life, that took courage. That took boldness. 
That's not an easy conversation. And yet you're here because somebody prayed, God, help me to be bold today. Help me to have some courage today. Help me to have a faith that overwhelms the fears in my life. Next Sunday, we're going to be coming together here as a church. And all the kids are going to be sitting in here with us. We're going to have Kids Kingdom for the infants up to kindergarten. And then the first graders and up are going to be sitting with us. And we're going to have a few individuals uh, who have been baptized recently come and share their story. And, uh, and, we're also, and then we're going to have a time of celebration where we're going to have some baskets up here. And we're going to be uh, giving what we call a first fruits offering. That for our LEAP initiative, we're all going to come and say, you know, what, what can I give first fruits here over and above what I give on a weekly basis? And, and the point is, and, and in that, uh, a lot of that will, will be part of our missions offering as well. As we support churches in Mexico and Central America and the Middle East. So it's all sort of combined under one umbrella of our LEAP initiative. And so we're really excited about this because every year we do this as a, as a, as a church. And uh, we're going to have some videos that we're going to show next, next week from our, our church, churches in Mexico, churches in Guatemala, uh, from the Middle East. And, um, and it's going to be a great time because we want to be a church, again, that is thinking outward, not just inward. Does that make sense? This LEAP initiative, and then we're all going to, as we give our first fruits offering, we're also going to fill out these commitment cards. And we're going to fill these things out and say, okay, over the, if I call, if GLB Church is home to me, this is even our teen, our, 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 our teen ministry, our college ministry. This is every Christian that says GLB Church is home. You're gonna, we're going to ask you to fill out this commitment card and say, okay, over the next three years, by faith, this is how much I can pledge to give towards our capital initiative. And we're going to fill out these cards. We're going to put them up here. And then the Sunday afterwards, June 9th, we're going to come and celebrate and share what our total amount is we had set the goal of 650,000 over three years but can we pray for boldness can we pray for courage can we overcome some fear can we trust God a little bit and see what he does and jump you may say I don't I don't really have that much doesn't matter what matters is the sacrifice the heart the faith will you take a leap with your brother's and sisters. Some of us can be afraid, like, what does this mean? I don't know. I'm afraid. And, and I, listen, I've got fears as well in regards to what we're doing. It's not completely like the picture of where we're going to be at in three years is not completely clear. The unknown, the uns- uncertainty, I love this, this idea of uncertainty is always certain. Fear is optional. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uncertainty, the unknown, that's always going to be there. It's a reality of life. But fear, to be fearful, that's a choice. I can give in to my fear or I can give in to faith and trust in God. Anybody here who got married knows what I'm talking about. The day before your wedding, you can either give in to fear. The uncertainty is real. You can either give in to fear. I don't know what's going to happen here. 
Or you can, by faith, just take a jump. I'm just going to try it. Kyle and Jessica got married last week. They're here, back from their honeymoon right there. And Kyle, more Jessica probably, took a leap of faith (laughs) in marrying Kyle. You know? Getting baptized, making the decision to make Jesus Lord of my life and be baptized, that's that's a leap of faith. Uncertainty is real. It's always there. But to be fearful, that's a choice. And so I want to call the church today to pray for boldness. That big prayers, big, a big God who has us on a big mission, he's up there waiting for some big prayers. I realized in my life... I. I had stopped I had stopped praying for example for my siblings who are not Christians thinking oh well they're probably never going to just stop praying and God's probably like what Reuben test me try me see what I can do what are you asking for safety and protection give me a little something your move This week, number one, pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Pray for boldness this week. Pray for boldness in your evangelism. Pray for boldness in your generosity and faith as you're evaluating what I'm going to be able to commit to for the next three years. Pray for boldness in that. What what do your prayers, your current prayers, tell you about your faith right now? Pray for boldness. Number two, surrender. As you're praying for boldness, take the fear that you feel, all the fears that you may feel, and surrender that to God. Just give it up. Say, God, you're in control. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. Who am I? You are in control. Give that up. Surrender. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know over the next three years if I'm even going to be here. I don't even know. I don't. The uncertainty is real, but fearful is optional. So surrender those fears. As a parent, you're afraid of your kids. What's going to happen with our world as we move forward? You're afraid. Listen, surrender that to God. Think about your spiritual village that you get to be a part of and open your mouth. There's so many families who are looking for this. Surrender those fears. Lastly, leap with boldness. So pray for boldness, surrender your fears, and leap for boldness. Next week when we come together, Commitment Sunday, gathering for all the believers to give our three-year commitment, our missions offering, our first fruits. Let's, let's leap with boldness. Let me give you one tangible thing for you to do this week. Go to our connection table. On our connection table, there are these invitation cards for Greater Long Beach Church. I want to challenge us. Just invite one new person this week to church. Thinking about outward. Thinking about somebody outside of the faith. Invite one new person to church this week. I'm not saying five a day. I'm not saying ten a day. I'm not saying one new person. The next seven days, one new person. 
when you have a spiritual conversation that you never had, where you open your mouth with somebody that you've, you just haven't before, where it's somebody who's bringing you food or somebody who's serving you something or, or you're taking your dry cleaners, you know, whatever it is, just, just open your mouth with boldness. Because a big church on a big mission prays big prayers and takes big leaps with boldness. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer, and then uh, Clay's going to come and, and have some announcements for us. Father, I love you. I pray that we leap with boldness. I pray that we pray for boldness. Help us to imitate the faith of our brothers and sisters in the first century church. Help us to understand that we are a church on mission. We are not here for those inside. We are here for those outside, God. Help us to be aware of the opportunities daily this week that you give us to have conversations with people that can bring light and grace and love and your gospel into their life. Help us to understand that at the depth, at the end of the day, the issue with our world today is not, broke, is not only broken systems. It's not, in, it's not necessarily so much the injustices, but the issue today is the souls of men the lost souls of men and women around us, the broken, unreconciled souls around us. Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus came for the, the, for the ones in need of a soul transformation. Help us to be aware of the souls you put around us, that we may open our mouths and be bold, that in this boldness, our generosity will be a viral outbreak of generosity and sacrifice in the church. To your glory and because of Jesus, in his name, amen.